0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to our evening broadcast. Thank you for spending time with us. It is my pleasure and my honor to be with you tonight. I bring you the closing message of our series that has been dealing with faith in action. It's been a great series looking at all of these heroes who by faith earned God's commendation, a good report from the Lord. And I know that I personally desire that as well. I desire to have God's commendation, God's good favor, a good report for what I have done in my life. And I hope that you uh, desire that as well. Tonight, I'm going to take us, though, to a place, to a story that I would call faltering faith. Faith that struggles, faith that is not as strong as we want it to be. Faith that even falls short, and yet is sufficient. And so the passage that I want us to look at tonight and to examine is found in Mark chapter 9. And in Mark chapter 9, we're introduced to Jesus taking some of his disciples up onto a mount, and there, kind of pulling back the veil of humanity and revealing who he is, uh, a picture of his divine nature. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And you can read in several of the Gospels the story of how this happens and, and even how ignorant and, and, and misunderstanding uh, these disciples were of what was going on and what was to happen. And then the part that we're going to draw your attention to tonight is that as Jesus descends from the mountain with the disciples and as they come back down, um, they come back to the rest of the disciples who have found themselves um, surrounded by a crowd of people because a man has brought his boy to them. And the scriptures, you have to understand, in the ancient world, there is a there is a, a lot of um, overlay of both medical issues and demonic forces and demonic activity tied to it. And so whether this is just a description of a boy who the demons would do certain things to, or whether in fact the demons were in fact behind uh, what looks to us today as as seizures or epilepsy or something like this the point is is that the demons would grab this boy in fact the the father tells us in mark chapter 9 verses 17 through 18 uh, when jesus comes down and finds the commotion he says teacher i brought my son so you could heal him he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk and whenever this spirit seizes him it throws him violently to the ground then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth And becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And so what you find here is you find this situation in which the disciples have been brought a real need. A need that a father was hoping that they could fix. And yet they couldn't. They were unable. They were stumped. They were defeated. It was bigger than them. So Jesus comes to this, and his initial response is actually disheartening, because he's he's actually harsh. If you read in the in the, in there, he says, "You faithless people," and how long am I going to put up with you? And uh, but then he goes on. He turns back to the father and he asks him, "How long has this been happening?" Verse twenty one and twenty two. He asks the boy, "How long has this been happening?" asks the father, excuse me, "How long has this been happening?" And uh, the father says, "Since he was a little boy." And that's partly what points to maybe it was also a physical condition that was tied in here. And then he goes on and says again, the Spirit proceeds to throw him into the fire and into the water, trying to kill him. But then a key phrase comes up. He says, have mercy on us and help if you can. So the Father clearly has doubt. The if you can is very clear about that. Whether he had doubt before he came to Jesus or or, or doubt set in because the disciples were unable to do it, and so the Father has tried so many things, I am sure, and now he's he's finally this is one of his last hopes and and now it's been dashed. And so Jesus Jesus actually bristles at it. (laughs) He actually he's still in that mode of you faithless people, you faithless generation. And he says, What do you mean if I can? And, and I just feel Jesus being short-tempered here. I feel him being frustrated. I feel him in his humanity, not just going, don't you know who I am? And and perhaps this is because he's just come off the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples there didn't get what was going on. They didn't understand what was going on. But he's he's a little frustrated. But then he makes a very important statement, This is reiterated in other places in the gospel. And he picks up on this theme of faith. So first he's indicted the disciples. He's indicted even the father by implication as being faithless. And now he says anything is possible if a person believes. Now let me remind you all. The words, anytime you hear the word faith or you hear the word believe, all you're talking about is the exact same word, just in a different form. One's a noun, the other's a verb. To have faith is to believe. To believe is to have faith. So Jesus is talking about the exact same thing. The boy has not been healed because they have no faith. Anything can happen with God if you have faith, if you believe. So it's easy to understand how you and I would quickly begin to think, we've got to get the right amount of faith. We've got to increase our faith, as the disciples even asked Jesus uh, in one of the other passages, Lord, uh, increase our faith, and Jesus' reply, let me remind you, is not to increase their faith, but rather to simply say to them, if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed. So even though Jesus is frustrated with a faithless people, even though he calls to them and says, anything is possible, God, if you believe, not if I can if you believe. When asked to increase the faith, Jesus does not increase it, but says you just need a little bit. Now here's what's interesting, as I've contemplated this passage, because the Father instantly cries out and says, and this is a a quintessential phrase that so many of us know, and if you don't know it, you want to get a hold of it. I do believe, the Father says, but help me overcome my unbelief i have faith jesus but i have so much doubt this is what i call faltering faith there's a grain but it seems to be buried under a a mound of doubt it's there but it doesn't feel like it's enough Now, here's what's interesting about this passage. And I really am excited because as I studied and I thought about this, bringing you this, because first of all, the consolation is is the boy is healed. Jesus responds and heals the boy. So we have long cited this passage of I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I have faith, but help my lack of faith. As confirmation that God can work with a very little bit of faith. But what's even more powerful is something I think that we have missed because the scriptures tell us that Jesus then proceeds from that place of healing and he goes inside of a house and he discusses and talks with his disciples as he would would usually do. And there, there's a passage of scripture that we often quote and there I need to acknowledge to you, this may get me into trouble with a lot of people, but oh well. Uh, Manuscript evidence is not clear. Uh, that fasting is included in the verse I'm going to cite here, all right? In fact, my opinion, the strong textual evidence is, is that fasting is not included here. This is an addition from later time. And it is further, I've always held that opinion, but my opinion is further strengthened by my insight that I share with you today about faltering faith. Because Jesus replies to the disciples when they ask him, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we cast this demon out of this child? Jesus said this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Only by prayer. Here's the mistake I think that we make, at least that I have made. I immediately begin to think of prayer as meaning hours and hours of beseeching God. I begin to think of prayer in terms of a long process. I begin... Begin to think of prayer as, as, as this thing that I do that earns some kind of power, or to be blunt about it, increases my faith. But let's pause for a moment and let's go back to something we've studied. What is prayer? Prayer is very simply defined as us talking to God and God talking to us. Us talking to God. And God talking to us. When Jesus descends from the mountain, who is he? Who has he just revealed himself to be? God. When the Father steps into his presence, he's already been disappointed by all the doctors, I'm sure, and all of the different remedies he's tried for his son. He's brought them to the disciples of Jesus, he's brought his son to the disciples of Jesus, and they have failed. But when Jesus descends the mountain, when Jesus comes into his presence, what does the Father do? He talks to him. And what does Jesus do? Talks to the Father. Now here's the problem. We so many times are affected by this idea of God as separate from Jesus, and even when we know that God is Jesus and Jesus is God, I think sometimes we forget that in the Incarnation, Our act of prayer to a being we cannot see is identical to the disciples and to the people of Israel talking to Jesus whom they could see. In other words, how was the demon cast out? When the father talked to Jesus and when Jesus talked to the father. If the father did not have the the measure of faith that was as small as a grain of mustard seed. He would have taken his boy and he would have gone home. And even though he felt still overwhelmed by doubt and still overwhelmed by all that was wrong, he still had enough faith to talk to Jesus. He had enough faith to tell Jesus what was going on. He had enough faith to tell Jesus what he was feeling. He had enough faith to even express a doubtful request. Have mercy on us and help us, he said, if you can. And while Jesus was frustrated by his lack of belief, while Jesus was frustrated by that that struggle that we all face, Jesus still healed the boy because the father talked to him. So tonight I want to challenge us I want to challenge us, and respectfully, to lay aside what some have taught. That you have to gain a certain amount of faith. That somehow, you've got to spend hours in the presence of God to move God. This isn't consistent with what Jesus taught us. He says, when you pray, do not be like the pagans are who constantly use vain repetitions, thinking they will be heard for their much speaking. I know as a father, I don't need my children repeating themselves for hours on end. I just need them to come to me. I just need them to trust me. I just need them to talk to me. And I just need them to listen to me. This is prayer. To put a fine point on it, the father had enough faith to ask Jesus. And when he asked Jesus, that was prayer. To put it to us today, anything is possible with God if you will just have enough faith, despite your doubts, despite your fears, despite everything that feels so much bigger, if you will just ask God, if you'll just talk to him and then let him talk to you, this kind, whatever it is, will come out, will be handled, will be answered by prayer. Faltering faith is the very environment that if you do not falter, then why would you need faith? Sometimes we have presented to you faith as something that is actually not faith. When I have confidence in God, and by the way, there are some things I have confidence in God, I don't think I'm actually exercising faith. I, I don't have any doubt. I don't have any struggle. It's it's returning to Hebrews 11 verse 1. It's it's not something I'm hoping for. It's not something that I cannot see. It's something I have great confidence in. But you see, when when I doubt, when I falter, when I fear, those are the moments that God says, will you still talk to me? Will you still, will you not leave? Will you not go elsewhere? Even when those around you fail you, even when my disciples uh, are struggling in their understanding, will you still believe enough? Even though you struggle, even though you doubt, even though you're overwhelmed, will you keep talking to me? Because if you're talking to me, it means you have a measure of faith because you can't even see me. I'm hope. It's not guaranteed. And yet, you're talking to me. And so tonight, brothers and sisters, we close this series of faith in action with an encouraging word. A word that says it's very normal for you to struggle. It's very normal for you to feel doubt, to feel overwhelmed. And in those moments, can you muster just enough hope, just enough reason to talk to him? Because Hebrews also tells us that without faith you cannot please God, which means that with faith you can please God. Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Even if I falter, even if I struggle, even if I doubt. And brothers and sisters, I can tell you, I do. Even In those moments, if I can simply make the choice to keep talking to my God and keep listening as he speaks back, miracles will happen. Because that is belief. This kind, Jesus said, does not come out but by prayer. Prayer is simply me talking to God and God talking to me. I don't need a volume of it. I don't need a length of it. I don't need a certain amount of it. I need but the grain of a mustard seed. Enough to, despite disappointments, to go ahead and keep talking. And so tonight, as we close, would you perhaps bow your head or raise your hand, and not in a long prayer, but would you talk to God One more time, Jesus, God, like the father with the boy, I have so many doubts, I have so many fears. I have circumstances that I don't know the answer to. And Father, I'm asking you to hear my faltering faith. Lord, I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. But God, once again, I return back to you to speak one more time. God, I return back to you to say one more time. Lord, I believe. Help me to overcome my doubts. Help me to overcome my fears. And I pray it in Jesus' name. This week we're encouraging you to print out from NewYorkUPC.info uh, there's a there's a sheet there. It's got a picture of a rock on it, kind of referring to the memorial rocks uh, from the crossing of the Jordan. On one side, write an example of something where God has answered your prayer in the past, has been faithful in the past. And on the other side, write down something that you have been looking for God to answer, and maybe it seems as if he's silent. Maybe it seems as if it's not going to happen. And we want you to put it in an envelope, put a date on it, Put it somewhere prominent that you see it every day, but you don't read it. And six months from now, we're going to have you open those envelopes and be able to see where, where things are, to see where God has been. Do you have enough faith to write it down? Don't need a lot, just a little bit. God bless you all. We love you. Stay safe. Be patient with us as we continue to lead you through this COVID-19. Stay connected in your small groups. They are critical. Stay connected and be responsive as your pastoral team members reach out to you and and connect with you. Be honest and be open. Don't, Don't just have a brave face. If you're struggling or having trouble, let us know. Continue to join us on our evening broadcasts and God will see us through this. We will dance in the streets again. We have it in prophecy. We have a promise. And so we believe. God bless you and have a great night.